Hello and welcome to another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast. I am your host, Joyce Wheeler. And I want everybody to know that if you go to heavenlybodieswellness.com, we will be having some price increases. I was supposed to do it yesterday, but I did not get around to it. One of the problems is that I have a pinched nerve and my right hand is messed up. So I cannot type with both hands. I have to sit and poke with my left hand, which is, is rather time consuming. So you might as you should go ahead and take advantage of that fact and get on over there while the price changes haven't happened. And I don't have my right hand back yet, but I will be working it on slowly because again, I, I can poke with my left hand. So go ahead and go over there and um, pick yourself up some shungite for EMF protection or get yourself some organic skincare products and you know check out the reviews that we have. So anyway, I have with me today, Radita Lassery, and she is a mindfulness guide, and her passion is to bring mindfulness to you. She finds joy in always redefining her routines, learning new skills, and loves to discover the depth of the potential of our body and mind. With a yoga background, interest in deep conversations about life, creating communities, and making art, she encompasses very various facets of mindfulness. To find out more about her, you can visit her website at mindful, mindful being, what is it, LLC? Help me, Rodita. Mindfulbeingllc.com. Thank you. So now let's welcome to the show, Rodita. Rodita, glad to have you on. Thank you so much, Joyce. I'm so happy to be here, when, especially with someone's name beginning with joy. It can only be great. So thank you for having me here today. Oh, that was so sweet. You know, there's actually a story behind my name. And my dad said the family for three generations that there was nothing but boys. So I was the first girl to come along in three generations. So it's funny that you mentioned Joy because that's why they named me Joyce because they were joyful to have a girl finally. Yay! That's a great story. I love this one. Beautiful. Yeah, I love the fact they have a story behind my name. I think it's cool because not everybody does. You know, it's like, how did you get your name? Um, my mom pulled it out of a baby book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what is a mindfulness coach? Well, what it's a... It's a more complex idea than just being, a, you know, a diet coach or someone that teaches you about fitness, you know, with mindfulness, it's a little bit more complex because it embodies your entire life, everything that you do, right? And so the way I see it is an art of living. It's a way of living. It's how you see the world. And that, as you mentioned in my introduction, it's how you perceive the world and that you can redefine it at any given moment anew. So that's kind of what, how I interpret mindfulness um, coach and guide to be is to help you discover your life in a more joyful and more pleasant way than being more drift um, drawn to the negative side of life, you know, because when you grow up, 
there is these tendencies that we have, especially with the pressure as a parent, right? You, you want your child to succeed in something. So all you do is focusing on the things they don't do that you as a child did not do. And so with mindfulness, we're shining a light on other sides as well and bringing the good sides of you to the forefront and just really embracing all of you, including those sides that might be more challenging and also seeing the sides that have been you know, bringing some part of joy to your life. So can you give us an example with maybe using uh, an actual client or a fictional client? You don't have to give a, a name, just like their situation and how you were able to help them to be more mindful. Yeah, so the mindful aspect comes in as an example is I had someone I worked with who was very doubtful and always challenged by, you know, trusting themselves and really knowing that you can do whatever you want to do because uh, what, and that is not particular to that person, but it's actually for us in general is like when we grow up and as we are moving through life, we're choosing a profession or anything that we are passionate about, we start seeing certain ways that have been done in the past, right? Like there is this one line. Uh, for instance, you go to college, right? You get a degree and then you find a job in the degree that you are studying in. And then that's the beginning and the end, right? So it's the end of your studies and the beginning of your work environment. And so what I bring to the table and what I help clients to do is to notice how what they want to do in life can be brought to anything that they're doing. Let's say you wanted to become an architect. So now you're in architecture and now you're working in an architecture firm. And for some reason, you don't feel fulfilled, right? Because you right. just are in this, in this one way of thinking. And so what I'm helping people with is to discover like, what's the first thing that made you be interested in that job or in that study in the first place? Maybe let's use architecture, right? Maybe it was buildings and just how it, you know, shows up in the different vicinities, like in the city versus in the suburbs, or maybe it was the materials that are being used, or maybe it was you wanting to be a creator of something. And I love architecture as a job description as a such, because we can be the creator and architect of our own lives. So even if you are not an architect, maybe you are working in a nine to five admin job, you can still be the creator of your life, even if you do a nine to five. And so it's really shifting the way that the things that you do are who you are. I love architecture, Good. especially, yeah, I do. I, I live, I'm in Louisiana and I'm about an hour away from New Orleans. And while I'm not a big fan of New Orleans, the city per se, I do, I do have a, a great love for the architecture that is there because it's just beautiful. And I love, like, I love that you picked architecture as the example, because I love like Victorian houses. So, you know, that I, there's various aspects of architecture that just, it just fascinates me. Though I never thought about going into it. 
<laughs> and with that, it's not a passion of mine. But so let's talk about daily awareness of habits. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because like, you know, I always refer to jobs because that's kind of what defines most of our time in our daily lives, right? right? Even if you do the passion that you're following, it still becomes a job at the end where you're spending most of your time doing. And so when it comes to daily awareness around life, anything, you right, is to really not be, and as I ended before, it's like, so that you become you are making the choices of your life. So when we are going about our daily lives, not to become a victim of our jobs and also not becoming a victim of our habits because our habits are only what we are doing, right? So we can change them. The only challenge is, is that a habit something that we've been doing for a period of time, five years, 10 years, 30 years, it becomes more difficult to shift that part. And so- So I'm sorry to interrupt. So we're talking more like negative habits versus good habits. Yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, good habits can also like if let's say healthy eating, right? Is a healthy habit to have. Right. There can be moments where, let's say you go on vacation, or maybe you are at a meeting at work, that you cannot choose the things you're eating, right? right? So even if you have a healthy habit, there will be some times in your life that a challenge comes up, that even a healthy habit can turn into a challenge. Not necessarily. I, I, totally, I totally agree, because we do eat organic. You know, so it's like if we go out to eat, there's not a lot of places we can go where we can get organic food. So we have to compromise that and, and make wise decisions as far as the food that we're ordering from and where we're going. Like we don't go to any fast food restaurants. Those are just totally that's that's not food that's manufactured in the laboratory. So we don't we, would, we don't go there. But, you know, it's, it's funny that you, you know, with the habits, because I have, well, it's not really habits, it's more of a routine that I do in the morning. And I do it the same way every morning. Well, if I don't do something, then I let it forgetting about it. Like the other day I had gotten up and I usually don't get dressed right away. I go into the kitchen and get something to drink and, you know, do some things in there. And then I go and get dressed. Well, this particular day, I got dressed first before I went into the kitchen and I told myself, don't forget to put on deodorant. Well, I forgot to put on deodorant and I was like, oh my gosh, so self-conscious all day. And I had to go, I, I had to go to the chiropractor. So I was like, so it's like, you know, I, it's like, for me, it's like that routine. And it's like, I've got the routine that, that all that happens. And it's like, if I forget, if I don't do something in the step that I normally do it, I forget about it. So is this, a, is this a good habit? To, are these good habits to have to where you do something the same way all the time? Or could that also be negative? 
Well, I definitely believe that there are certainly good habits and routines that we implement into morning. And, you know, just talking about morning routines, I think they are vital to our rest of the day. And obviously, as you mentioned, like if I don't follow my routine, then something will be missed. Mm-hmm. And because of those steps. And I think that the, the main focus is, okay, we'll put aside having a routine. Okay, that's good, right? Like having a positive routine. Like for me, it's waking up in the morning. I don't have my cell phone anywhere nearby. I don't wake up with an alarm. And so I go... (laughs) Yes, I go meditate usually if everything goes well, right? So that's also part of it. So when we talk about routines, it's really the best situation, right? Or the, the, the things that we set up to be that way. And yet there are moments it's not going to happen right? Like there are moments that our routine is not going to be able to be followed. And so where mindfulness comes in is to be kind to ourselves and gracious that, okay, things will fall off the wagon. Maybe I chose to get dressed before, or I chose not to meditate because I was just too tired and I rather slept in. But at the same time, 7.30 comes around, I need to get up and make breakfast uh, for my son to be ready for school, right? And so there is certain timelines that have to be followed because right. that's just certain things that we have to do. So obviously if we don't follow through with it, some fall off. So all I want to say with what your question is, is like, generally speaking, having a good habit in the morning in a routine is very well and very good to have. And we just need to have some flexibility and kindness to ourselves that if it doesn't go that way, and that's the part of mindfulness. I agree, because once upon a time, I wasn't so easy on myself. Mm-hmm. It's like if something didn't get done or didn't go the way I thought it should go, it upset me. I, I could not handle life rearing its ugly head. It's like, you interrupted my plans. I planned on doing this, and now I can't do it because this is what happened. And now, like, as I've matured and I've grown wiser, it's just like, you know what? I, I leave the house on Saturday mornings before my husband does, which doesn't normally happen. So the bed doesn't get made. And I'm just like, oh, well, the bed just didn't get made. That's just, but then too, that's like part of our Saturday thing is that the bed doesn't get made on Saturdays because he's still in it. I guess I could try making it by then still in it. <laughs> It'll end up like a burrito. <laughs> That's a funny idea. See what it feels like for him. You know, maybe he likes it to be cuddled. <laughs> maybe because there's a lot of times I see and I don't. I always before I go to bed, I always pull the sheet out from underneath the, the mattress. I can't, I, I do not like that. To me, it just feels very binding. I like to be able to move my blankets however I want. So if my feet get cold, to wrap them up in the blankets, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I will go in there. He'll fall, he'll go to sleep before me and I'll go in there. And the sheet's still tucked in and I have to go and untuck it. So he, apparently he does like sleeping like a burrito. <laughs> but we're all different, you know? That is true, yeah. So it, it sounds to me like mindfulness is just like being aware of what's going on in our life and how we're dealing with it. 
and how we're feeling about it. Are we feeling negative about it? Or are we feeling positive about it? And just doing a mind shift, am I correct? Yes, and mindfulness is always of something. So you're not just mindful of, of nothing, right? You're always mindful of something. And so the basics of it is really mindfulness of breath, for instance, right? Like it starts with the breath awareness. And that, even though that's the basics, it's sometimes the most difficult because breathing comes so naturally that we can't really tap into like, oh, am I breathing? Because obviously I'm breathing, you know? And so that would probably one of the initiative mindfulness aspects of it that indicates our awareness. And then other awareness that you were talking about or mindfulness of such is mindfulness of emotions, for instance, mm. or a mindfulness of thoughts, which is another important one, right? Because right. that's what you're referring to, like, oh, what am I thinking, right? Is my positive thoughts, negative thoughts, right? And those are the most, you know, significant ones throughout our days, because we have I don't know how many thousands of thoughts we have mm -hmm. a day, but we definitely have uncountable ones. And sometimes, and most of the time, we're actually not even aware of the thoughts that we're having. So by practicing the awareness of our thoughts, we can shift what you were talking about much sooner. So you're not going down a rabbit hole of negative thoughts or up a spiral of positive thoughts where you're like, oh, like, like giddy and, you know, crazy about this, which is, in a sense, it's a good thing, right? And at the same time, if it's too much and too long, then we're not realistic anymore. We're like right. the other spectrum. So either spectrum, we're going off too far either being too sad or too frustrated or too angry or too joyful or too happy too you know, everything is too much too. So always coming back and finding kind of like, I don't usually like to use balance because it always means giving off of one, but in tune maybe is a better word. I, I like that in tune. Yeah. And I think too, another thing that we need to be mindful of that's really important is how we react to other people when we're conversing. I, I know once upon a time, again, I've gained some wisdom, but once upon a time, it was like somebody would say something or do something and I wouldn't respond, I would react. And I've learned to take a step back and think about things and, okay, why, is this, why did this person do this? Or why did they say this? You know, and think maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they don't realize how they sounded when they said that, you know, and just, just thinking about things instead of we, as human beings, we always tend to feel attacked if somebody says the wrong thing to us, you know, and they might not even meant it that way, but that's what, as human beings, that's what we do. So I think that's another part of mindfulness is stepping back and, you know, let's have some human compassion. This world lacks human compassion. You know, it's like before when somebody was going slow in front of me, I would be like, what the heck? Get out, get out. You can't drive. Get off the road, you know? And now I think, well, maybe they're a new driver. Maybe they're lost. Maybe it's an elderly person and this is their only means of transportation and they're not comfortable with going faster. 
so instead of thinking, you know, the, the world is not about me, 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 you know, there's, I'm sharing the planet with a whole bunch of other people, right? So you were talking about breathing and that's, a, I, I love the, I love the topic of breathing because we don't breathe right. And it's like 20% of the air in our lungs is stale because that we don't. And this is something that does have to be done mindfully to where we need to get in a routine. I mean, I've been around people, I've been like, breathe, just breathe, you know? But talking about this type of breathing that you're talking about, where it's a conscious breathing, where you're not hyperventilating, but you're consciously breathing. So I know you have a technique that you use for breathing. Can we talk about that? Yeah, well, my technique is not very like, out of the ordinary. It's really just noticing the air coming into your nose. And then as you're exhaling, you notice the air coming out of your nose or mouth, right? And that at a pace that is comfortable to you. And sometimes you can count, you know, you can count your breath, how many you have. I was just in a conversation earlier today around anger, you know, so sometimes what's really helpful is when we get really angry or just excited in a negative way uh, in certain situations. I always love the car examples. I always use that one too. Um, you know, somebody's cutting you off and usually the only time you get really upset about is when you're running late, right? So right, right. Because <laughs> other times you'd be like, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, I don't know because I'm the type of person when I get out on the road, I do the speed limit. I want to go where I need to go and get back because I've got things to do. You know, as I own my own business and I work from home. So it's like, my time is precious. So if I'm running out during the day, I want to get there and come back. And I just think other people feel the same way and they don't. Some people are just out, you know, it's just like, okay, I've got nothing else to do. I've got all day and just drive 15 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone. <laughs> you know, and, oh, you're behind me. Well, enjoy the ride. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, for instance, a great place to practice your breathing because you getting frustrated is not doing anything. First no. of all, the car in front of you or now behind you doesn't know anything about this, right? They might be oblivious about you being frustrated unless you're really right. getting on their behind and then they noticing it and maybe they start getting excited about you being on their butts and then you have a whole scenario and if you would get out of the car and have this conversation and someone would listen to this that had nothing to do with it was like, are you guys crazy? Like, what are you guys discussing? Right? Like, what is really the deal here? And so what really happens with, you know, not paying attention to our breath is that we, this hyperventilation that you were talking about, when we get excited about something, frustrated about something, especially as this example of driving, we then tighten our whole entire body, right? So especially in the car where you are, maybe by yourself, you can then notice your hands on the steering wheel. Start to breathe and notice that you're holding your breath. Because usually when we're frustrated or something's not going our way, we're actually holding our breath. And the That's moment, interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. So next time you are upset about something and you start like talking really fast, it's because you're not breathing. 
And so what you're saying makes so much sense because if we would slow down and start breathing, our nervous system can calm down. Our responses will create some space between them and you start making more sense of them because yes, it's okay to get frustrated and upset, right? Like I said at the beginning, it's not about pushing away our negative sides. It's really to include them and embrace them in a more healthy way so right. that they're being expressed and heard without creating a certain environment that's not helpful. And then we're just yelling at each other in the end or ignoring each other for a few days, right? <laughs> so there's different scenarios there. So and that's not, simplest. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, that's the simplest way to get in touch with your breath. And really, like, I don't really have a technique as such because depending on the situation, and also how you relate to your breath, because for some, the breath can be a traumatic experience because if they're connecting to the breath, new thoughts can arise or maybe some other experiences can come up with the breath. And so it can create a certain discomfort. So focusing on the breath alone cannot always be the solution for everyone, depending on how you relate to it and what experiences come up for you so sometimes it's also just gazing out into the distance away from something that it's not within your own body so that's another aspect that's probably very important to share here so that people don't feel like oh if I can't focus on my breath then that's not good it's it's it is whatever is comfortable for you right and so right but if you're going to steer off into something don't do it while you're driving <laughs> That's right. Don't do it while driving. <laughs> Pull over to the side of the road and gaze out somewhere. Or just look in front of you. <laughs> well, no, my, my, we, my husband and I were going somewhere the other day and he's driving and there's a stop sign and he's not slowing down. And I'm like, there's a stop sign. And I'm just like, you know, and he was looking in front of him. You know, this is the town we live in. We know the stop signs there. I'm like, what were you, what were you thinking about? You know, that you just it's him. He slapped on the brakes, and we're all flying forward. It's just like you gotta pay attention, dude. And that happens all the time, right? Like even the person that's coming in front of you might have been gazing out in their thoughts somewhere else. And it had, like, I just had maybe a year ago, a friend of mine was sharing with me, like she thought of me because she was driving through a red light. And, you know, we can be the most careful drivers on earth, right? And it still can happen to all of us that we miss something, even like a pedestrian crossing the street, which is the worst, right? Um, But I'm just thinking, you know, like on the road, so many times, this is the best place to practice mindfulness because you have to pay attention to what you're doing. And a lot of times, especially in today's world, I can't tell you how frustrated I get about that is people using their cell phones while driving and it just drives me crazy. It does me too, because, you know, going back to the car thing, I'll have people riding my butt and I'm, it, it bothers me because it's like, are they texting? Do they see that I'm here? You know, are they going to hit me? Especially when you keep coming and coming and I'm going like, what the heck, dude, do you see me? Do you know that I'm here? No, you know, uh, and during the time when I was coming up and even as a teenager, and I didn't have a cell phone until 
I was in my 40s before I had a cell phone. I'm in my 50s now. So I've had a cell phone for maybe 15 years. But it's just like, there is nothing that is so important that it cannot wait until you can get some more to stop. You know, somebody calls me, I mean, the, the one car that we have now, we've got the hands free. So I can, I can answer. But if it, for some reason, it doesn't connect, I just find a parking spot and go and park somewhere and figure it out. Especially if I know it's like one of my kids or my husband. If, you know, if it calls and doesn't tell me who's calling, then I just, just, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, they can leave a voicemail, but you know, of course, you know, your kids or your husband, they call when you don't expect them to, you know, a red flag goes off. Okay. Is something wrong? You know? So then you have to pull her, but there's no reason why people need to be texting. I get agitated with my husband because we'll be in a parking lot and then we're going somewhere and he doesn't know exactly where we're going. So he waits till he starts driving to put it to destination. I said, what are you doing? People, it takes a second for something to happen, a split second. And a great example of that is you're driving down the road and a deer runs out in front of you. And a deer can run out in front of you at any time and you don't even know what's happening. And I don't care if you don't live in the country. I don't care if you're in the city. Something can freaking get out in front of you. And then that split second while you're looking down, bam. And you're not just hurting yourself. You're hurting somebody else. So that's something to be mindful of and be considerate of is what are you doing when you're driving? If you're going to get on the road, drive. You want to text. You want to call somebody if you have hands free get out the road and, and, and tend to them. And so with that, let's go into thoughts. You know, it's like, what are these people thinking that this is okay? I know. I mean, thoughts is definitely one of my favorite conversations because, you know, I teach meditations Mondays and Thursdays, twice a week. And um, what's really interesting is that when people share some interest in joining the first thing is always like I can't do meditation because I can't stop thinking right and so here is the insight <laughs> you are not asked to stop thinking so right. thinking will always happen right and oh, so sure. we can't stop it the most important part when we talk about mindfulness of thoughts is really to understand to be like if we're referring to the people driving while using their phones to that extent that they're doing some are even watching shows you know i mean that's oh gosh and so, i never thought about that there you go oh my gosh yes and so no. that is really showing that people are not aware of their thoughts they're not aware of what they're actually doing obviously if you would ask them they're like yeah i'm driving and i'm using my phone but i don't think there is a whole concept of thoughts right there is just a thought for this and then a thought for this anyway the whole idea about mindfulness of thoughts is to understand that the thoughts are not who we are right the thoughts right. are just coming for whatever we're seeing and hearing, all the sensory that we're having, even touch, is part of an input to our thoughts. 
And so our thoughts are created not only by, by my mystery, they're actually created by the perceptions and by the information through our sensory. And so with that, it all matters what we're watching, what we are communicating, what we're talking right. about, who we are in touch with. So all these parts have a huge influence on the thoughts that we're having. And depending on who you surround yourself with, you can have more positive thoughts around negative experiences, right? So just right. because you have a negative experience doesn't mean you have to have a negative thought related to that. So, you know, I don't know if that all makes sense, but the idea is just to really be more conscious. So that's where med why I mentioned meditation is because meditation is here to help us be more aware of what thoughts we're actually having. Because when we are sitting still in just presence of silence, these thoughts will come to the surface from somewhere and that will teach us how in the everyday life, you go about your routine, you go about your daily life, how those thoughts just pop up. So when you feel overwhelmed at any given moment, there's a chance that you're overwhelmed with thoughts as well. Not only by the tasks that you're doing, but your thoughts as well, that maybe you have 10 different thoughts about like, oh, I'm doing this right. I should be doing this. I should be doing there. Oh, what right. about that one? Right. And so you have all these wires going alert and all you need to do is to pause coming back to the breath, right? Bring awareness to the breath, realizing what are all the thoughts so we can emphasize which thought we want to pay attention to now. Right. I've got a good tip for people who, who, when they say that they have so many thoughts, well, I have two tips. The first one was when I started meditating, I heard somebody say, you're going to have thoughts. Cause like you said, we can't stop thinking. We're, we're always thinking, treat it like a wave, like an ocean where it comes in. Oh, I had a thought, like, let, let go. Another thing I suggest doing for some people, I don't do this but I do it in my mind is before you meditate, make a list of everything that you have to do when you're done. Because if you don't, you will find yourself thinking, oh, I've got to make dinner. Oh shoot, what about the laundry? I, Man, I forgot to do. And then you start going through everything in your head. So get it out of your head. For me, I just make mental notes. Okay, this is what I have to do after I get done meditating. Just so I am acknowledging the thought and being like, okay, this is a thought that I need to think right now versus when I meditate. So that's just some helpful hints as far as, you know, what to do with those thoughts, that monkey brain that, you know, we all have. So let's talk about inner um, interactions and re relationships and how mindfulness plays a part in, in that. Oh, it's another favorite. I mean, I feel like everything about mindfulness is my favorite. <laughs> I was just teaching a course and I felt like every time I said it's my favorite. <laughs> you know what I think? I think mindfulness is your favorite. <laughs> I think so. You, I, I think you got me on something here. <laughs> in, in every aspect across the board. <laughs> That's right. Well, so I love relationships. Anything with people 
is a passion of mine. And so what I've noticed and what's really important is exactly, I mean, you mentioned it already, is like everybody is in their own little world. Everybody, you know, it's not about me, me, me. It's they're all me's here, right? Everybody right. has their own thing going on. And so when it comes, I mean, I'll just use conflict as an example, because usually we only think about those things when we have conflict with someone, either we ignore them, as we mentioned earlier, or we are really getting at it and like trying to resolve it. And we all deal with it in different ways. And we, I just had a conversation again this morning around anger, right? And so anger is one of the ways that we express ourselves when we are in conflict with people. And what we also discussed was that the interesting part is that sometimes it's because of judgment and the past experiences that we're becoming angry about. It's not about what's happening in this moment. And so when we can detach ourselves from the past and really become present that we're having this strong emotion, strong sensation arising in our bodies, right? Anger, frustration, sadness even, that we are staying with this and just checking in with the other person and seeing like what are they experiencing. That is not always accessible because it's a practice and Mm -hmm. it's easiest to be done with people that you are in constant relationship, be it your partner, be it your family members, parents, siblings, you know, maybe cousins or whatever that you are in, in, in contact with. Children, if you have children, right? And with them, you can really practice this by sharing that you want to get better at communicating. And it's really about addressing your emotion first. What am I feeling? Right. And then the need behind it. I'm feeling angry because I'm tired. Or I'm feeling frustrated because I keep repeating myself. And so it's really to become more self-oriented in the meaning of like not finger pointing that you did this. I'm angry because you didn't follow my rules or I am frustrated with you because you are not listening to me, right? But really coming from my perspective because my my perspective is never going to be understood by you to the certain extent that I want you to hear and understand me, nor can I understand and see you in the world that you're living in because you lived a different life than I did. Even if you were siblings growing up in the same household, you still had different experiences in your life. And so it really becomes, and I had another conversation around this, is really to listen I mean, that's the greatest tool from mindfulness in that aspect is to listen for what they are trying to say. If you are the one that understands better on how to understand your needs or understand what's missing for you, you then can provide the other person by just listening and asking questions. So those things are pretty much the most important thing when you come into contact with other people and it's challenging. Well, and what I have found with my marriage, 
is my husband and I communicate differently mm. and we perceive messages differently. And there are times that I would be frustrated or aggravated and he would think I was mad at him. And when he thinks I'm mad at him, he distances himself from me. And then later on, he'll be like, I don't understand why you were mad. So I'm like, I wasn't mad. I was frustrated. So now if, if I appear to be angry, I let him know I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not mad at you. I am frustrated with this situation. And yes, I'm sorry. I snapped at you, but it, it, it's not you. It's just that I, I did it because I'm aggravated, you know, but I think as people, we need to grow to that point or have people like you who can help us to differentiate things and be able to communicate better, you know, instead of being on the defense. But I mean, my husband will say things to me. Sometimes he has to say things four times to me before I understand what he's saying. I understand the words he's using. But I'm just not following. It's the context. It's the way that he's putting the words together. That I'm just my my brain's not grasping it. He's digital, digital, and I'm kinetic. So it's like we're we have two different ways of communicating, and it's not all the time. Usually, it has to do with business, some aspect of the business. And I'll be like, I don't get frustrated because I we've been together for 16 years. And I realize that we communicate differently. So I'll be like, hon, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just not getting it. So he'll try again. <laughs> and he's lovely because he doesn't get frustrated. He's like, why don't you understand this is plain English? But you know, sometimes, like I said, he has to say three or four times before like, oh, why didn't you say that in the first place? <laughs> that, that, that I would have understood, but you know, it, it, we don't always know what we need. And sometimes we have to flip through things and, you know, to find out And we're not taught that people communicate differently or that they hear things differently. We're, our society brings us up to, we're all the same. They put us all in this one box and we're not all the same, you know? So it's a matter of being mindful of also how the other person communicates or the fact of be, being mindful that, okay, am I upset with you because you're not making sense to me? Or can I just go, you know what? I really want to understand what you're saying to me. Can you rephrase it? You know, and take a, have you ever experienced that? I mean, I was just thinking when you were talking about your recent experience where you, you know, were frustrated, it's like, I'm not frustrated. Yeah, I felt like you talked about me because <laughs> I just had this not long ago, about a week or two ago, where I was so frustrated about the system not working. And I was like yelling and I was like coming down the stairs and like, rah, 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 like that, you know, and then my husband was sitting there and he's like, all of a sudden he's like listening he's like and then he just paused he didn't say anything and I kept going he's like this is so stupid da, da, da. why is this like this you know and he's like you know I just thought you were so angry with me like I was just but then I realized that you were not angry at me I was like oh I'm glad he noticed I was like yes I am not angry at you and I just I sense you I hear you I feel like we're speaking the same language in a way because 
I am also a very expressive person and I want to get my, whatever I'm experiencing, I want to get it out, right? Right. So we don't, and I don't always have this, oh, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Like I wish, you know, every single time I'm frustrated, I could talk like this, but that's not reality to me as we started this conversation today as well. Not on here, but yes, about what's real and what's not. And what I really admire about what you were talking about is this, you know, getting to know each other. Yes, you said you know each other for 16 years, but that does not mean you know each other. I am certain that I've been with my husband also about that amount of time, 18, 19 years. And I was like, you know, I am sure there will be something I won't know. And actually a neighbor of mine who's in her 80s, who was with her husband for, I don't know, 60 years or something, was telling me like, you'll be surprised at some point, you'll be together for a God knows how long and you'll be like, uh, where did this come from? Why are you acting like this? You know, so there's always going to be new things we discover about ourselves. So yes, I have certainly discovered these things myself. And I think the most important thing that we can consider mindfulness is to really be compassionate and understanding of the different experiences that we're having and that we have right. to have continuous conversations around it. And yes, they can get tiring and boring at times, but they are so necessary because if we don't, we lose connection with one another and we right. then fall into the blame and judging game. And that's never going to be a healthy version of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I think that's well, that was just like at one point, my husband and I were having a disagreement about something. And I just finally said to him, I said, you know what, you're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind. We have to just agree to disagree and forget it because this conversation isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And that was probably like the one of the best aha moments I had was in realizing this isn't going anywhere. We have to agree to disagree and just forget it drop it yes i mean yeah it's yeah because it's like beating a dead horse you know i know he's not going to change his mind i know he certainly isn't going to change my mind (laughs) so why are we having this conversation yes and i think that's that's something too that people need to be mindful of is that you know well we don't always have to be right but it also doesn't mean that we're wrong. It just means there's a difference of opinion. And you know what? That's fine. Because if we didn't have different opinions in the world, the world would be boring. You know? I mean, opinions make me think. I, I get new ideas. I get new thoughts. And we should be open to that instead of just being like, nope, this is how it is. And that's it. And not no more. No, think about it. Yeah. Because you never know, you just might find a thought process to have the aha moment like I did, you know, to where it was like, okay, you know, we need to go ahead and agree to just in just agree to disagree. So just one thing I want to add to this is there can be two truths. And mm, it doesn't mean it has to be truth, but there can be two truths. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, what's right for me isn't necessarily right for you. And that's okay. 
You know, we don't need to be pushing our ideas and our opinions on people. We can share them. We can express them. That's fine. But to sit there and hit them over the head with a pan and be like, you got to think like me, you know, that's, that's not cool. <laughs> we're all different. Yeah. So we're about at the top of the hour. Is there anything you want to leave the listening audience with? You have any events or programs coming up? You, you mentioned your meditation on certain days. Yes, I have a weekly meditation Monday and Thursdays at 8.15 Eastern time, uh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, they happen on a regular basis. You can find out more on my website. I have a one-day retreat coming up tomorrow, but if Ooh. you're not around this area and probably by the time you hear this, it's going to be a past thing. Uh, you always feel free to check on my website what's coming up. Right now, I don't have like actual workshops coming up online. I do have panel discussions every other Wednesday. We had That's what I was referring to around anger where we discuss different topics in two weeks. We're going to talk about, which is May fourth um i don't know when you're going to hear this but from then on every two weeks like this next one is on loneliness we had one on judgment we had one on guilt so it's really like exploring these different emotions that exist in our reality and how we relate to them differently and bring a new awareness to them seeing them from a different angle and for instance as we talked about anger today not to see them as what we thought they were, but exploring them to the expansion that they can be and support us in our lives as insight and additional information instead of judging them as something bad. Uh, and so that's one thing that we have going on. And then uh, the that's pretty much the main things. And uh, I always share some thoughts on my stories on Instagram, uh, where you can find me as well, where I try to just share something every other day or so. I love my reels. <laughs> so doing some of those fun things. Uh, and other than that, you know, that one thing I want to share, just be kind to yourself. Uh, and if you are kind to yourself, you automatically will be kind to other people because usually you're kinder to others than you are to yourself. So kindness and graciousness go a long way and keep listening and seeing new things that you didn't know existed in your world. And could you give us your website one more time? Yes, it's mindfulbeingllc.com is the website. And um, you can find me with, on Instagram with mindful dot being dot llc um and um yeah on facebook body mind soul also with dots body dot mind dot soul or my name raditya lazri um on my personal i don't separate business and personal it's all the same i always say we are go. only one person we cannot be two different people in two different places and the more we can integrate those two the healthier and happier you will be so that's right well thank you so much for being on the show today i greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and um remember to like subscribe hit the bell so you get the notifications the recordings go up every thursday and share and you know what keep shining your light until next time <laughs>